Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Friday Night Ohio podcast powered by CantonRep.com. I'm your host, Cliff Hickman, and we're joined by Mike Popovich today. Mike, how are you doing? Doing well, Cliff. Thank you. Mike is uh, making his 2022 Friday Night Ohio podcast debut, and we're taking a look at week three, Mike. A lot of great gains on the schedule. Yeah, um, you know, we're uh, kind of going to that part of the season where teams are teams are facing uh, uh, their final non-conference opponents, so to speak. I think some league games might be starting next week. And, uh, you know, it's a good point to kind of see where you're at as a team right now before you head into league play. And, uh, you know, uh, some games, uh, you know, some opponents, you know, you, you know, when we, you look at the schedule, there might be some lopsided games in there, but uh, uh, some opponents like the Maslin Tigers are going to are going to face a difficult uh, uh, difficult uh, task when they go to uh, Mansfield on Friday. That's right, Mike. It is Tigers versus Tigers. Mansfield defeated Hoover last week, forty-two nine. Maslin had a big win over Glen Oak. You got to look at the Maslin Tigers firsthand, Mike. Um, how are they shaping up this week? Well, one thing about Maslin that, uh, you know, they, they made strides. Now they played Cincinnati Moeller in week one. Cincinnati Moeller, obviously a really good program. Uh, the, the, the Maslin defense, uh, gave up almost 500 total yards in that game. Um, this week against Glen Oak, uh, or last week against Glen Oak, obviously not the opponent of a Moeller type opponent there. But the Maslin defense responded. Uh, they had four sacks. They they tied a program record with 15 tackles for loss. And um, the only uh, the only points Glenow scored came uh, in the final minute. You know when the backups were in the game. Uh, Maslin pretty much uh, pretty much led. Well, they did lead from start to finish. The one thing Maslin had a chance to do is they really had a chance to take command of the game. Uh, early on, uh, they jumped out to a seven nothing lead, recovered a pooch kick, and had a chance to go up fourteen nothing before uh, uh, Glen Oak touched the football. Uh, but uh, they uh, they had a turnover, and uh, it stayed seven nothing for a while. And then you know, Masson scored just before the half, and then was able to take command in the uh, in the uh, second half. And Wiltrell Hartson, and their running backs, off to a Really fast start this year. Uh, he's already up to almost 300 yards a game. He's got seven touchdowns. He has scored uh, seven of their team's eight rushing touchdowns so far, and I believe Maslin has just nine touchdowns uh, in the two games. So, so he's off to a he's off to a really good start. And they're going to be taking on a, a Mansfield team that. They had a big second half against Hoover last week. I believe the game was only a 7-6 Mansfield lead, and then they just pulled away in the second half. So uh, don't see Maslin play back-to-back road games very often, but, uh, you know, this is definitely going to be a tough test for them. Obviously one to keep an eye on, and we're also joined by Peter Holland, Jr. today. Peter, how are you doing? Oh, long day, long day, Cliff. Mike, how you doing, man? I see you finishing from Maslin. 
Uh, yes, I was. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, I was ready to take a McKinley mantle if, uh, you didn't come on, but, uh, you, you've seen them more than I have, so I'll let you handle that. Yeah, speaking of that, we've got Dublin Coughlin at McKinley. Unfortunately, another slow start to the season for the Bulldogs, kind of reminiscent of what they had last year. They were able to rally and put together, uh, a playoff uh, appearance last year, Peter. How are how are things looking for the Bulldogs right now? I will say this: it was pretty bad last Friday. It was pretty bad. Um, I think that I, I think I'm probably over exaggerating it, but um, and I credit to Antonio Hall for taking the full blame for the lack of preparation um, because it just looked like the McKinley just didn't show up at all. It's like they were there, but they were not there. It was like 28 to seven at the half. I believe I mean, the first play was a trick play, double pass wide open man. Second play they scored, they scored three touchdowns in five fifth scored three touchdowns in five plays. So the defense is really um, a question there a little bit. Um, I think the positive thing for McKinley is that, um, they do answer back, but in the second half, they are, they look to, they're starting to develop to be more of a second half team because they, they only held fish to three points. So there is a little bit of a positive there that they will still keep fighting even when they're, they're down. Um, they, we still got to see, we still don't know exactly with, um, as far as, um, Keaton, Keaton Rohde. He's shown flashes. He made some decent throws, but he also made some, eh, missed throws as well. Uh, offensively, they do run the, they do run the ball well. They run the ball the last two games. So that's probably going to be the strength with Trenton Mackey, um, and them guys. So I think they're, I think they're, if they continue to run the ball well, I think there's, I think they'll, um, will turn, turn their season around. And they got to avoid penalties. That's another thing. I mean, last week they had 13. I mean, against Manor, they had 13. Last week against Fisher, I think they had nine. So they still are not disciplined as far as that because there was some big plays that were called back. So mentor, so McKinley still, it's gonna get uglier before it gets prettier, as far as as far as what I could say. Um, I think going against Dublin Kaufman would be. Um, I think I see, see them beating them, but it's gonna to continue to get tougher here on there when you're going against um, um, other teams in the federal league. So there's, I'm still concerned from that regards, but we'll see. I think they'll bounce back this Friday. Definitely one a lot of people are going to be keeping an eye on. All right, we're going to take a look at one of the other bigger games in the area, and this is one uh, Mike Popovich has taken a little bit of a look at. South Range at Central Catholic. South Range has won 23 straight regular season games. The Central Catholic schedule is always just incredibly rugged. This year, no exception, Mike. Yeah, South Range's uh, winning streak dates back uh, in the regular season, dates back before we ever heard the word COVID. So uh, 
that kind of gives you an idea of uh, what kind of program they've had. And they've gone, uh, you know, they've gone in deep in the playoffs the past couple of years. They have a, they have a quarterback named uh, Billy Skrypek who uh, uh, threw for over 2000 yards, 27 touchdown passes. And uh, he just had three interceptions last season. So, you know, Central obviously is going to have its work cut out for them again, uh, just like they did, though, last week when they faced Norway. Uh, uh, another really good uh, small school program, probably the team that's going to uh, win the Wayne County Athletic League this year. And, and Central rallies in the final two minutes to, to, to beat Norway in 36-35. Um, you know, Jack Talkington's really had a, a really a great career uh, at Central. You know, he's, you know, I know the three of us know he's being recruited in college as a, as a, as a, as a linebacker, but, uh, you know, the way he can play quarterback and the, and the leadership role he's shown in there is, is really something. Uh, I talked with him. I went out to Central yesterday to talk with them. And I was kind of wondering, you know, when you, I asked him, when you have games like this, uh, you know, and finishes like this, uh, do you kind of you feel confident you could play quarterback at the the next level? And, you know, he, he wishes he can. He understands he's probably going to play linebacker, but he also said Walsh is uh, looking at him uh, to, to play offense, uh, to play offense uh, if he should go there. And, um, you know, that was that was a huge win coming off a, an opening night loss to Perry, where it looked where it sounded like they just kind of got worn down late, uh, to be able to have it in them to pull out that win and 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 Jeff Lindesmith and I love when coaches do this. I I I've seen this a couple of times where, hey, the game's on the line. You know, we could kick the extra point and take it into overtime, but Jeff Lindesmith let his quarterback you know, run a play, they they always run in practice, and Jack Talkington was able to take it in for the winning two-point conversion. So big win for Central, but uh, big challenge ahead, obviously, uh, on Friday. Absolutely, that's another one a lot of eyes are going to be on. I'm headed actually back to where I was last Friday. I'm going to Northwest where they are hosting Louisville. Now there's some obvious intrigue with that game. Northwest head coach John DeMarco was the head coach at Louisville from 2010 to 2018. He put together a 65 and 29 record with the Leopards during those years. Things have gotten a little tougher for Louisville, well, a lot tougher since the old Northeastern Buckeye Conference fell apart. And the independent schedule has certainly done them no favors so far. Louisville's 0-2, but they've played uh, Canfield and Poland, two really tough programs. And this week is going to be another tough one. I saw Northwest against Marlington. They are no pushover. The line with Isaac LaFay and Jimmy Cunningham and Cody Workinger is no joke. They held Marlington to just 84 yards of total offense, and they run the ball really effectively with Kyler Miraglia. Uh, a player to watch for them is sophomore quarterback Chase Badger. He made his first career start. It didn't look like his first career such start. He threw three touchdowns, was 10 of 13. Uh, he did throw one interception. They'd obviously like to clean that up. 
But the big area of concern for Northwest right now, I think, is special teams. They allowed a long kickoff return after a touchdown to Bo Himmelheaver, Bo Himmelheaver for a touchdown. And they let Himmelheaver get loose again at the start of the second half and took it down uh, to the Northwest uh, within the 20-yard line, the red zone there. So that's uh, something else they're going to want to try to clean up here. And um, it's also the second straight week they allowed a special teams uh, touchdown. So just all around, that's something they really stressed. Every player I talked to, I talked to all three linemen. I talked to uh, Coach DeMarco. All of them want to work on the, the special teams and get that figured out. Because uh, other than that, they had a really dominant showing. Louisville has uh, struggled to get their offense on track thus far. Uh, they've only scored 10 points on the season. They have eight turnovers on the season. They actually had six last week. They lost five fumbles. Ball security will be key. They've been able to stop teams from scoring at times, but it's been kind of a, a tough road for them uh, so far. But that's going to be a really uh, fun game to keep an eye on and something I'm certainly glad to be a part of there. Yeah, I think uh, North. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I, 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 you know, Northwest. Uh, I, they were, uh, I, I think maybe finished third or fourth in the Pac-7 last year, and you know, I didn't know what to expect. But when they they opened their season and they beat Norton, and I think they beat them by like three touchdowns or something. And that was a Norton team that went undefeated during the regular season last year. So uh, that, you know, that probably kind of gave an indication. Now, I mean, it's it's week one. You can't, you know, you can't base it off of one game. But that was probably gave you an indication that Northwest could potentially have something special going this year. Yes, and I think it also speaks to the adaptability of Coach DeMarco. He's known for the passing offense a lot at Louisville and some of his early years at Northwest. What they're doing right now, though, is they're running Kyler Miraglia, and that's setting up eight guys in the box and one-on-one coverage on the outside, and they have guys like Caden Beichler, a six-foot-four wide receiver, and Connor Satterfield, who's also a really good linebacker for them. Those are guys that if they catch something in the open field, they're really hard to win a battle against one-on-one, and they were able to take some of those short passes and turn them into big first downs. And I think in Satterfield's case, a really long touchdown at one point on a screen. So they're they're just a really dangerous team. They, they have a, a lot of ways to do it, and I'm just really impressed at the way they've kind of adapted the offense they have to the, the personnel they have this year. I think they're a really well put together team. And uh, turning back to you, Peter, what else are you keeping your eye on this week? Oh, I was just looking at the schedule. The, the really game, the game that is kind of stand out to me is Talmadge versus Green. Two teams, two and zero. Oh. Uh, Green on one side is they look like they just been putting up chunk full of points. Um, what? Well, they put like what fifty points in each game. Uh, they're gonna need that when you're going against Tom Mitch. That's obviously the guy that first come to mind is Corey Dick, um, Corey Dixon, uh, who's a 
who's a what Colin Dixon, I mean, I forgot. Um Colin Dixon who's a Wisconsin commit. They're gonna I want really curious of how they're going to game plan against a playmaker like that. So that's something I would definitely keep my eyes on. I wouldn't be surprised if the Acro Beacon Journal is on that. But yeah, that's probably the game that to me would probably look like gonna be the the best one of this um this Friday. Green versus Thomas is definitely keep my eye on. Green was one of the few teams in the federal league that that won last week. I, this has been a this needs to be a bounce back week for a lot of teams in there. I mean, you know, Glen Oak lost to Maslin, uh, Hoover lost to Mansfield, uh, Jackson lost to Mayfield, and uh, it, it, Cliff, you saw Perry uh, take on uh, probably one of the best Canadian teams that uh, that ever. Uh, has ever played down here, and you know they're they're going to have a bounce back game up at Euclid this week. Yes, I I thought that was the best Canadian team I've ever seen in my tenure here by far. I mean they were really good. Perry still found ways to stay competitive, and they almost won it. Uh, I know there was some talk about Perry going forward on fourth and one in their own end late in the game and getting stuffed on the jet sweep there. But to me, I would have gone for it as well. Perry struggled to stop the run all day. I mean, Clarkson North has some really good athletes, and they were kind of able to move the ball at will. If you were there and kind of saw the flow of the game, I think it becomes a really, I mean, it was it was the right call. And then, you know. Don't they, football North for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the jet sweep, too. I, I've seen some things on that, but it was a play that had worked for them twice. They had picked up a, a touchdown with it a, a couple of times that had worked for them in short yardage. And that's just the thing with being a head coach. You know, you get sometimes you're just in a really tough spot. And had they made it, we might be talking about uh, Perry being 2-0 and right now. It was kind of that close. But uh, really hard-fought game for them. I know Coach Slates wasn't really talkative after that one, very disappointed, obviously. I think that's still a good team. I really like DeAndre Church at running back. Uh, he certainly showed what he was capable of early in the game. He got loose on an 80-plus yard touchdown run. If he gets in the open field, forget about it. You're not catching him from behind. So... That's one I'm interested to see. This is a team last year that had several close calls that went against them. It, it just an inordinate amount of overtime games and a lot of close losses. So we'll see how they bounce back from that. I, I was going to bring up uh, uh, Sandy Valley playing Canton South uh, on Friday. Uh, uh, you know, you know what a t- what a turnaround for Sandy Valley. They lose their uh, they lose their starting quarterback in a scrimmage, Nick Petro, to a a shoulder injury. Uh, they have to face uh, Fairless without him in their opener. They lose 31 nothing, But then they rebound last week and, and, and go to Manchester uh, uh, and win 34-15. And, and, Peter, I know you haven't been here very long, but teams just don't go to Manchester and win 34-15. I mean, that's, that's, that, was a, that was an impressive win for uh, uh, Sandy Valley. Uh, Nick Petro was still out. Uh, Drew Grable. Uh, a freshman uh, came in and uh, and and played well. He saw some action uh, against uh, uh, Fairless uh, 
along with uh, Luke Williams. And then and, and Chad Davis, a running back, really played well for Sandy Valley. So, you know, they, they've got a gauntlet here to start the season with, with Fairless Manchester and now uh, facing the Canton South team, who you could say is uh, it should be a contender in the Pac-7 this year with uh, – uh, with Poochie Snyder at quarterback, and uh, they <laughs> they they came back. Uh, they they lost their opener at St. Clairsville, but came back and 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 beat Claymont pretty well last week. So uh, yeah, I, I'd be I'm anxious to see how this game's going to turn out. Absolutely, losing a starting quarterback's tough, especially right before the season. I thought they might be in some trouble against Manchester, like you mentioned last week, that's been historically a really tough place to play. And I was a bit surprised by that final score, but just a great job by the Cardinals to hang in there. And I think that's going to be a great game with Canton South. Uh, Jack Snyder is, uh, I know Peter and I have talked a a lot about him at, at quarterback, really fun player to watch, really fun player to interview. A lot of things he does well, right, Peter? Oh, absolutely. Um, I I haven't really met him yet, but I just watching how electrifying he is um prior to on um, this season. Um he's a playmaker and I even mentioned when I did a scouting report on him is he has a rocket arm. I think he might have the str- the strongest arm out of all the quarterbacks in Stark. Um so wa- watching P- Pucci lead the team, um he may be undersized, but he he can chunk it in. He's He's the face of that team, so we'll we'll see how he can um just lead his Kansas South team and um how far they can go. It's all shaping up to be an exciting week three, gentlemen. Any closing thoughts? Well, yeah, like I like I said at the start, I mean it's uh we're we're getting to the to the point now where uh you know, you're at a level of the season where uh you kinda of where you see where you're at heading into conference play here and uh I know uh I'm I'd be anxious to kind of see, you know, you know, once that starts how these uh how these uh conference races uh shape up uh you know uh especially in the EBC clip. I know uh, uh I think a lot of people were looking at Alliance possibly the uh the favorite and uh they 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 lost their opener to a, a which is looking like a really good lake team right now uh but uh, came back and won last week so uh you know they're they're kind of on target as they as as they try to go for uh, a title in the EBC. That's a great point, Mike. Alliance is still a really good team. I think Lake is just they may Lake may be the. I mean, there's an argument that they're the best team in the area this season. I was really really impressed with them. The uh, the two quarterback system works for them perfectly. Those guys complement each other well. And I really like their line. They can really do a lot of things, and their defense is so solid. Alliance uh, came away with a a big win against Niles last week. Bedford comes to Alliance this week. Bedford has scored uh, 12 points on the year. So Alliance should probably be a pretty heavy favorite in this one. I know Caden Davis put up nearly 200 yards rushing and four touchdowns in the first half last week. They did rest him in the second half to – try to keep him from getting banged up. So uh, he's going to be primed for a big start. And I really like Brendan Zerbrug. He is a, you know, a track star as Mike knows in the, in the spring. And 
you can definitely tell that on the field. A guy that's six foot three should not move that well. It's just not fair. <laughs> that's all I can say when I see him play. It's just not fair. At the high school level, it's tough. So Alliance is a really fun team to watch. West Branch is, I think it, I think just from what I've seen, they and West Branch are really good. Carrollton, though, I wouldn't sleep on them. I know, uh, you know, Chase, uh, Olstrom there in the backfield's closing in on what, 5,000 yards rushing possibly if he keeps it up the space he's at. So I think those are kind of the three teams I'm looking at right now in the EBC. Um, for me, uh, I'm excited for, um, Will, Will Trail Harson. I think he looks like he's on pace for a thousand yards. Um, something that we would expect from him last year, um, before he went down with his injury. But, um, he's been the, he's pretty much been the offense for Maslin. And so this will definitely be another test when they're going against Mansfield. So that's definitely to pay close attention to. And, Let's see how um, how they're gonna game plan against um that machine and Will Trail. Yeah, Will Trail Hartson's a mentally tough kid. When we were talking about that game last week against Glen Oak, uh uh when Maslin had a chance to really take control really early in the game and go up fourteen nothing, he had to fumble, but you know, he was able to put that past him and and, and regroup and have another one hundred plus yard game and 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 help lead this team to to a win. So, um, you know, hats off to him. He's he's really a mentally tough kid and a talented one as well. All right, guys. Well, I'd like to thank Mike Popovich and Peter Holland Jr. for joining us. And guys, they can find all sorts of stories at CantonRep.com and on game night. Be sure to check in there frequently. We're going to have the live scoreboard as always. And then in the early hours of the morning, you'll start to see the stories from the games we're at. So a, a ton of coverage uh, coming your way. And that's going to do it for the week three preview for the Friday Night Ohio podcast. Thanks again to Mike and Peter. And we will see you next time.